Welcome to the Sober Dad Podcast, where we talk about raising kids and not glasses. I'm John Skillman, and I'm very happy to be joined by my guest today. We met on social media, where he's very active in sharing his experience, strength, and hope. He is a fellow podcaster based out of Michigan, where he hosts the Sober Heathen Podcast. He's a certified recovery coach, baseball enthusiast, and most importantly, a father of 10 yeah, ten-year-old twin boys. <laughs> I'd like to welcome Scott McDonald to the show. How are you doing this morning? Hey, hey, John. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm really glad it's only uh, two ten-year-olds and not ten two-year-olds. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Oh yeah, no. I was. <laughs> I had it before. I was gonna say uh, two ten-year-old twins, and I was like, does that mean four kids, or how does that work? <laughs> but yeah, so. Thanks for being here. And we'll just jump right into it. What's, you know, your background and like your family history with addiction or drinking? Yeah, so I'm I'm at least a fourth generation alcoholic. That's about as far back as I could go um, to get any anything for sure. So uh, great grandfather and then my mom's dad, my grandfather and my mom and myself. Uh, Almost everybody else abuses it, but I don't think they're... uh, they could moderate as needed, um, but but those four people in particular uh, definitely could not. So that's as far as the family background goes. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You no. Know, very similar in in mine. I've got, especially on my mom's side of the family. The as I grew up around a lot of that when we go to the ranch for uh, for any family event, there was always a lot of drinking involved. And I remember my my dad and my uncles wrestling around on the floor. It was always in good fun, but yeah, there was a lot of a lot, of, a lot of drinking at the uh, family events at the old ranch. Sure. All right. And then as far as your drinking history, um, you know, how'd you start, you know, then how much did you drink and how often did you drink? Well, growing up, um, you know, I, I, I didn't see a lot of drinking. Um, I didn't witness a lot. I was kind of sheltered from all that. Uh, but all the stories got back to me. You know, my mom constantly going to jail. Um, I always said I was never going to drink, and uh, I, it was actually uh, probably two weeks or so from my 21st birthday. I was living with three other dudes, and um, our two friends turned late October. They turned 21, and my birthday was in early November, and uh, they bought Mike's Hard Lemonade. I remember after having a couple of those, it tastes like shit. Oh, sorry. I didn't ask if I should swear. You're, you're, you're fine. That's good. <laughs> it, uh, it it tastes like crap, but the effects were amazing. And I was hooked from go. All that resolve that I had, determination, and all the promises I made myself to never drink went out the window. <clears throat> and I abused alcohol right from go. I mean, I went, uh, went from Mike's Hard Lemonade to Jaeger Bombs. And then it was, you know, anything that I could kind of make taste good. So um fought off beer for a long time um but then you know your wallet gets smaller so you you do what you got to do um fast forward it uh it 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 went from you know binge drinking on the weekends to every weekend and uh, one or two nights a week to in 2018 it went to um well 2016 probably it went to a fifth a night and then for the next five, six years, that's where it maintained. And then the wheels fell off after uh, a divorce. By the end of uh, 2021, after uh, I was engaged again, 
and asked to move out by the end of 2021 i was when i would go buy alcohol it would be two-fifths be a combination of two-fifths two to three pints and two to three half pints and then sometimes i'd mix in a half gallon with with all that and and i'd put it down until i passed out and then wake up and shake so bad that luckily the glasses or most of the bottles are plastic these days and it chip a tooth i would drink i would hold my breath and drink as much as i could out of that uh, pint or fifth and swallow 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 so i didn't throw it up and you know as gross as it may seem there were plenty of times when i did throw it up in my mouth and then swallowed it because i didn't want to waste it that's how important it was to me so yeah no, I've definitely been there. So you said in 2016, you kind of graduated to a fifth a night. So was there some some catalyst for that? Or like, how did how did it progress from, you know, a couple a couple nights a week to uh, like a fifth of a night in 2016? Well, things things changed. I got married and it it wasn't a relationship that uh, got better over time. I I, I don't want to sit here and, and put a lot of blame on on her. It was you know a lot of my fault, but it wasn't it wasn't a good fit for either one of us. <clears throat> and uh, so I was miserable. Um, she appeared to be miserable all the time. I hated my job and what I did and the people I worked with. And my only outlet was to come home and drink. You know, I had my kids. It I was I was right around that when my kids were born in 2012. And I said I was going to stop. And, you know, I, I kind of cut back a little bit for a little while. But in 2016, it was that's when it was really starting to affect everything. But I, the, 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 I didn't I didn't like my marriage. I wasn't happy in my marriage. It wasn't happening in my career. I wasn't happy with myself. And I think probably the last one myself was probably uh, was probably the most significant reason why. Yeah, definitely. I've I've been there with that kind of guilt and shame spiral. The more you drink, the more you drink because you don't want to think about how much you're drinking. And yeah, it just kind of gets stuck in that cycle and it's very hard to get out of. Yeah. I think fat bastard in Austin Powers said it pretty good about his problem. You know, he's I'm, I eat because I'm unhappy and I'm unhappy because I eat just replace eat with drink. And that was me. No, oh, exactly. No, I, I feel that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your decision to get sober, including like what motivated you to make that change. Well, consequences didn't motivate me. I can, I can say that with certainty. Um, like I said, at the end of 2021, um, you know, I did find a woman that I was deeply in love with outside of alcohol. We, we didn't have any disagreements, any arguments. It was always some you know, we were able to talk things out, you know, the, the relationships that you dream of kind of thing, <clears throat> but I couldn't stop for that. And I couldn't stop for her. I couldn't stop for her and her son. I couldn't stop for them and my kids. I couldn't stop after losing my jobs because, you know, it was ironic up until 2021, every time I would lose a job, I would find a better one. And, you know, every time drinking became a problem, you know, I, you know, I would make my apologies and then continue on and just hide it better. So after getting kicked out in 2021, um, that was about September or October. <clears throat> I don't remember much of that up until I went into treatment January 2022. And it was a great experience. The treatment that I went to was a great place, met a lot of great people. 
Um, but I clearly wasn't ready. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to drink anymore, but I wasn't ready to quit. And I proved that by when I got home, my grandfather brought me home and he gave me a big hug and told me how proud I was of me. And I felt really good about myself. Everything was going really well. And he gave me that hug and then he shook my hand. And there was a $100 bill in his hand when he shook my hand. And that's all it took. I had no money on me. I knew I couldn't drink. And then I saw that $100 bill. And four hours later, after leaving treatment, I was right back at it, worse than ever. So that led to the worst month of my life. Uh, as far as being in the ER, there was a time where my kidneys were shutting down. My potassium levels uh, were non-existent. I could not walk because of that. Um, I woke up with a tube down my throat, had no idea how I got in the hospital. And during this month time, I also was Narcan once because of the, I was still taking my meds somehow. And on the quick uh, test for meds, it would pop as benzos. So they thought that I was not only drunk, but I was abusing medications as well. So they Narcan me because I wouldn't respond. So I, I knew I was going to die after all these things. So I called that treatment center back and I went back with a renewed, you know, energy, you know, but it wasn't, it didn't start, you know, that's what it wanted. But I walked in there and when I walked in there, there were still people there from when I left the first time and their faces, you know, these clients that were still there, just like, oh my God, are you serious? Or like, just like, oh no. And it, it, after where I, you know, I would learned enough. I, I should say that, you know, I've been working on my recovery for years. In 2018, I started going to AA regularly. I had a sponsor. I worked the steps. You know, I had some stretches. Um, I had, I think I even put to get together close to a legit month once. You know, I, I was taking coins for two, three, four months, but it wasn't real. And <clears throat> so, when I ended up back in the second time, I worked even harder than I did the time before, and I still wasn't done, dude. I I I went I went home on a weekend vacation. Once I got out of treatment, it was in sober living. Got trashed, came back, picked myself up, got a job in treatment myself, got certified as a recovery coach. I'm working in treatment, everything's good, and then the my housing ran out. And so I had nowhere to go up, up, up in Petoskey, Michigan in the summertime, you know, I mean, well, you can't find a place to live in the winter up there when nobody's up there even because they're all, you know, called, you know, accounted for. So I it was, it was living in my truck. And so after 220 some days in treatment and, and one screw up on a weekend, I was in my truck and I'm like, you know what? Nobody's going to know what's it going to hurt. I went out, drank again, got my fourth OWI after being passed out in a parking lot and um, went back to another treatment, the one that I was actually working at for 30 days. And and that's when that's when I finally gave up. They talk about an AA, about surrendering. That's when I finally surrendered that there is no going back. I cannot do this again. And that's when I started to apply all the AA and all the treatment things that I'd done before. And that's when I finally gave it. Yeah. It's the, that pivotal moment where you're just so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, you know, you kind of just 
run out of options. Uh, definitely, I've been there. For me, it was my biggest fear was getting getting found out by my, especially my wife and my family. But I was two weeks into this current sobriety, and I just couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, whatever happens, happens. And I told her everything. And you know, it wasn't great at first, but luckily things worked out for the best. And obviously it was meant to be, you know, people talk about their, their God moment or higher power moment, whatever it was. And at the time I was definitely, I was going to turn to anything but God, because I felt like my, if he was answering my prayers, it was, the answer was no, but I was more in the mindset that he was either like indifferent to me, just didn't care. Like, you know, I believed in God, but I didn't think he believed in me. So I kind of just was like, you know, whatever happens, happens. And then luckily things worked out, like I said, and like my higher power, especially in the beginning was my family. Like, cause I, you know, I was actually kind of mad at God. So I've learned now that I had to do it for myself. So that was uh, yeah, that once you're ready to like, you know, like just completely surrender, like you said, that's, you know, that's very important. And that's the missing link, at least that was for me. And it sounds like for you as well is just finally realizing that we are powerless over alcohol. Yeah. Surrendering to that fact is, is an absolute must. And then just like you said, getting it all out there, you don't always have to tell everything to the people that you offended, you know, even, even the steps say, uh, you know, step nine uh, made amends to, the people that you, the list of people that you made an eight whenever possible, unless to do so would injure them or others. You know, you don't want to, you don't, you don't need to go out and tell everything that's going to make things worse. But I know for me, when I finally let loose and like, Hey, you know, all those times that you thought I was drunk, I was, you know, that time that you thought that I did this, I did. You're not crazy. I'm the crazy one. My thinking is insane. And that will that weight and you're right i mean there was a risk you know i wanted nothing more than to get my ex-fiance back in my life and 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 make up for all the wrongs that i did but i had to just like you make the decision to for myself to get this shit off my back and stop carrying this this weight on me and you know it's it's things are heading north and that's all i could ask for and if they would have went south um, you know, so be it, but I'm not carrying that weight around and, you know, maybe things won't work out, but I'm okay with that today because, you know, I've accepted, uh, I'm practicing acceptance. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, for the record, I, when I did that with my wife, I had no idea what step five was. I had no idea what step eight. I didn't even know what step one was. I had, I had <laughs> zero, zero, uh, experience with AA. Uh, it wasn't until after I told her that I started reading the book and it's like, you know, you pro like, I think there is a something in the book that's like, you know, you probably shouldn't tell your wife or your family, you know, about all your wrongs at first or something like that. And I was like, well, I messed that up. So, but you know, it, I did it just like everybody else says, there's so many different ways of getting sober. It's not all, you know, it's not one like this thing or nothing. So, I mean, my way worked, uh, yeah. fortunately, and I do, I do enjoy AA. I like it. I, just not everything in there that I agree with, but that's why they say, you know, take what you want, leave the rest. So yeah, you know, yeah it's working it's, for me. It, yeah. It says right in how it works in, in that chapter. When you, you know, if you've been to AA, you've read how it works before that meeting. So uh, these are the suggested steps we took suggestion and they're a phenomenal suggestion. Definitely. All right. So 
about your sobriety journey? You know, any challenges early on and how you overcame them? You know, it's the weirdest thing ever, because once I did what we just talked about, the acceptance and, and just giving in and throwing in the towel, man, it has been unbelievably easy. And I, I don't want to set anybody up for failure Amen. saying that. Um, but once I did that and let it go and realized that, you know, this is not the answer. It's been tested way more times than it needed to be. You know, the first six months of this stretch was incredibly easy. And then it was like six months and one day, the wheels fell off. And then, you know, yesterday I hit eight months. And so the last two months has been quite the adventure uh, between depression, anxiety, uh, hopelessness, and 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 what have you. But I can honestly say, you know, even when I sat here and like, do I think, like I would ask myself, does a drink sound good right now? Would it, would a drink make me feel better? And I can say to myself, yeah, it would make me feel better for a few minutes and that's it. And I realize that now, and that's not the answer. So I haven't had cravings. I've been super lucky and I don't know how much the acceptance has to do with that. I, I don't know the mind over matter crap. I, I, I shouldn't say crap, but it is definitely not crap. But the mind over matter stuff is is must be working. I don't know. And, you know, it's been really bad, man. It's been really bad. These from six months to eight months, it's been really hard to get out of bed. It's been really hard to find the motivation to do anything. And it's it's been quite the challenge. I'm, I'm changing my meds again. As of yesterday, I talked to my doctor. But but the best part about it is I've, I'm facing it completely fog free. And I'm facing it, you know, with hope, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, I, to have a little bit of hope that, that that things can change makes all the difference. And I'd rather feel like this every single day than to be hungover again, ever again in my life. Yeah, definitely. The hangovers suck. But uh, yes, congratulations in eight months. I was going to bring that up. That's Thanks. awesome. I'm about to hit, I'll hit 90 days, I think here on Monday. So awesome. Yeah. So it's a great feeling, but I, I feel exactly the same way. It's like, as soon as the acceptance came and I relieved myself of uh, all the weight of all the, you know, all the lying and everything. Yeah. The, the cravings just disappeared. I think if anything, I've just had fleeting thoughts, like I'll be at the you know, grocery store in my usual routine and I'll like see the alcohol and be like, oh yeah, I used to do that. You know, I used to, <laughs> this used to go right here in my cart and then it would go right here in the car. And yeah, it was just, yeah, more like, I guess, reminiscing than actual cravings or anything. Yeah. nothing. Yeah, I, I, I went grocery shopping the other day and I, and I saw, I, I walked down the liquor aisle unintentionally because cheese is like right in the, in this store, cheese is right here and then exactly. liquor's right here. And uh, I looked at the fire, bottle of Fireball, and I was like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, "Hmm, yeah." I used to drink that. I'm like, "That shit was disgusting." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it's terrible, but yeah, it, it, there's no draw. I mean, there's no like, what if? So I'm blessed for that. No, no, it is a blessing to be sure. So my next question is benefits of sobriety. Like what have you experienced as far as benefits is like, and, you know, improved health and relationships and things like that. What has sobriety brought you thus far? Sobriety. I mean, 
I mean, I, self-worth, I know that I deserve good things. I know, I know that I, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm a good person. I think that's important. I think that relationships are mending, you know, I haven't seen my boys in person in over a year, <clears throat> but I talk to them almost daily. I call them every day and, uh, I, I, I will be going as long as the rain stays away on Monday to, to watch my son play baseball. So that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's a slow go as far as, as those things go, you know, uh, Miley, my ex fiance and I, we're, we're hanging out every other weekend, spending a lot of time together and it's fantastic. Uh, benefits, you know, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not skinny, but I'm not this bloated, disgusting, sweaty mess. I can think things through clearly. Uh, I just, you know, again, this, it takes so long for your brain to get rewired, especially when you're getting hammered drunk every single day. You know, I, I'm able to, to process these things like this, this depression and anxiety as to, as, and understand that it could just be part of the process and not freak out about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Not, not, not desperately need that instant fix that alcohol gave me. Um, so I guess I, the, the clarity and, you know, I mean, relationships are mending, but uh, the biggest one is just the, the clear mind, the, the lifted weight. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to make it sound rosier and prettier for people that are looking for it, man. But it's, it's the truth is it's not always going to be that way, but I do mean it when I say I'll take my worst days now over my best day drinking any, any, any day of the week, any time, any time. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not the sobriety thing. It's, it's not always pretty. You know, I heard somebody say one of the, the good thing about getting sober is that you feel your feelings. And the bad thing about getting sober is that you feel your feelings. Yeah. I mean, we gotta, we have to find a new way to cope with things. Whereas before we didn't, it wasn't really coping as much. It was just, you know, stuffing down all that stuff, all the bad with drinking, which only amplified it. I mean, cause once you're, once you, you know, dry out again, not only are you hung over, but all that stuff's still there and it's not addressed. So, you know, it's not, you know, everybody's sobriety journey is a little different and it definitely, yeah, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, you know, so actually, I wanted to have you talk about uh, what started the podcast, like your podcast, the Sober Heathen podcast. Uh, where'd that come from? Explain the name for us, please. I mean, I already know what it is. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> but the name of the podcast, you know, why you started it and what your, you know, what your vision for it is, like what your goal is for it. Yeah. So the heathen part is a lot of people like, you know, they've heard like uh, you act like a heathen or, you know, you they were called by, you know, uh, parental figures or family members. Oh, you kids are just heathens or whatever. You know, it's I had one person say they thought it was like kind of like a term of endearment. And it absolutely can be whatever the hell it is to you. But I found the, the word heathen because it just means somebody that doesn't follow Christ, Allah or Yahweh. And. When I went through treatment <clears throat> last year, uh, I would say 75% of the time I, I identified as atheist. And I had no, you know, and, and that, that word scares so many people. But for me, it just meant there wasn't a sufficient evidence for me to justify a belief in a God. And and I wasn't, you know, I, I, 
I was in a religious treatment center for God's sake. You know what I mean? So, so heathen, that's why I chose heathen because, um, you know, I don't follow that those particular uh, faiths. I have my own. I mean, I got Mjolnir on my neck. If you know what that means, you know what that means. I, you know, I follow in the Norse pagan way. And then as far as the uh, podcast go, one thing I learned that you have to be vulnerable and you have to be uncomfortable in recovery. And so I, I, I grew fond of journaling when I was in treatment and in jail. I just couldn't make myself do it outside of treatment in jail. So I decided that I was going to just start recording myself doing video diaries and I was going to put it out there to see if I could help somebody. And then, you know, years ago, I wanted to have a podcast talking politics or sports. You know, it started out sports and then it went to, you know, to politics. And, you know, that's those things just get so messy. Not that recovery isn't messy, but I found one thing that I'm good at. And right now I'm pretty damn good at recovery. Yeah. And so, so the, the podcast is to help keep me accountable. Uh, I do video diaries as often as I can. If I, if I'm really miserable and I'm like, man, I just want to lay here uh, more often than not, even if I don't post it, I got a lot of podcasts that haven't made it out to, to people to hear. I get up and I set it up just like I would if I was sitting down with somebody else and I talk to the camera and I, I, I say what's going on and where do I want, want this to go? I, I mean, it's already achieved way more than what I, what I could ever have imagined. I have Ireland individual from Ireland coming up uh, London next Monday. I've had people from all over the U S be willing to come on and all of them have been a great time. I've enjoyed every single minute of it. And uh, I never would have thought in a million years that I would have been been able to do that and have people willing to to do it and and enjoy themselves sitting down and chatting with me for 45 minutes so where it goes from here is everything else is a bonus no definitely yeah um the you're very big over on twitter at the recovery posse community and is that where you get a lot of your guests from that's like everything I, uh, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, I can't, I, I've been working so hard in that place for, for years and then got nothing, but then this, uh, the recovery posse and Twitter, you know, maybe it was a change of management over there. I don't know, but, uh, there just seems to be, you know, I, I have one friend in real life that uses Twitter. So uh, all you other people that I consider friends, you know, you're all from the Twitter, Twitterverse. It's, it's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't think I personally know anyone that has a Twitter either. I only, you know, I've I used to get on Twitter to pick fights with people for politics or whatever, troll people. So I think I have like four unused Twitter accounts now. But <laughs> you know, that was that was one of my triggers when I was drinking was politics. So yes. since I've gotten sober, I don't I don't I don't partake anymore in any of that. Yep. Aside from all the sobriety stuff, the only person I follow is Elon Musk just for Twitter updates and things. Yep, and you know the SpaceX stuff's pretty cool. Uh, my yeah. in, my in laws live in Florida, right next to where they launched the SpaceX stuff. So whenever we're visiting, we get to watch the launches. Those are pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. We go up to the top of their condo building and watch them launch the rockets. All right, <laughs> it looks like Zooms is going to kick us off here soon. So I'm going to get the next couple questions out of here and then see uh, see if we can get it in time. If not, I'll just start a new meeting. So I wanted to ask you, do you have any advice for any, you know, any other fathers or just people in general out there who are struggling with addiction? 
yeah yeah thought of it i don't know where i heard it i don't want to give myself credit for coming up with it because i'm not that smart but uh you know you can't love your way out of this and you can't be loved out of this meaning you no matter the love that you have for your children you know i love my kids as much as any other father out there i I don't care what other people from the outside would say maybe even my ex-wife might might think i don't want to put words in her mouth but i love them as much as anything i just i didn't like myself and and you know i have a disease and the love i had for them and and for miley and you know everybody you know all my friends that wasn't enough and the love they had for me wasn't enough to get me out of it i had to find a way to do it for myself you know the the best thing a sponsor told me when i went into treatment uh it was the third treatment but the second treatment of last year he's like i don't want you to call Miley. And I don't want you to call your kids. I want you to focus on yourself. And that was really hard to do the first couple of weeks. But once I got into it, I started to realize, holy crap, you know, that crushing feeling when they didn't pick up, it just buried me every time I did it. And I gave myself some time before I called. I think I waited two, three, three weeks or something. And I didn't call them at all. And that gave me the strength and that built it up. So that's my suggestion. Yeah, go into treatment and cut it off and focus on yourself. Got to find a way for yourself. No, yeah, definitely. I, 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 I'm a stay at home dad. So I'm in that kind of unique position. I, you know, when I told my wife everything, I told her like, you know, I'll do anything to, to stay sober, you know, like, you know, this time and all that. And I was like, yeah, I'll do anything it takes. And she's like, well, I want you to go to an inpatient. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> but, uh, cause I just, I, again, I was, I was thinking about, you know, the family and all that. I didn't want to go for one. And for two, I was like, how is that going to happen with you working? We have a brand new baby. We have three other kids. So I didn't go, but yeah, my thing was like, and I did this every time I tried to get sober, I got sober for my wife and family, but that never kept me sober. So my thing now is, you know, I got sober for them, but I had to stay sober for myself. They were, yeah, they were the catalyst to get me, to get me there, the fear of losing them and stuff. But, you know, I'd been there so many times. It wasn't, wasn't until this time where I'm like, no, I have to do this for myself. That actually made it stick. Yep. All right. And then, um, do you like, what is your hope for the future? Like, what do you, you know, what are you hoping that can be achieved through sobriety and through the podcast, you know, pretty much anything like, do you have some some grand grand idea grand scheme yeah 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 i mean the the grand scheme is just to uh spread experience strength and hope i mean honestly it sounds it might sound lame but i've been managing now with no income for a minute so clearly and i'm pretty happy and i'm doing pretty well so i mean if obviously if i could get something coming in that take a weight off my shoulders about being able to you know take care of my kids the way I, I should be doing that. But yeah, the, as long as the future is, is um, highly involved in recovery, you know, I'm not looking to sponsor people or anything like that and, and do the 12 step work with people. I am looking to walk, walk the recovery road with them as a peer recovery coach. And, and, you know, I think most people know what they need to do. And I want to just be that person that can help them find a way. I have a, a friend, she's going back to jail 
just met her at treatment. And while she's in there, I'm going to be out looking for making cold calls to see, to help see if she can have some shelter when she gets out, maybe find her a job when she gets out. And uh, so that's the goal. And if the podcast can help facilitate those things, uh, that's an extra win. Awesome. All right. Well, first, I want to thank you for coming on. It's been fun. Thanks yeah, for man. having me on your show earlier. And I wanted you to shout out any any links or you know social media handles, anything like that. You know, where can people find you? And if they want to reach out to you, what can they do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the sober heathen on, on any platform. That's how you'll find me. Uh, even on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, so it's, it's it'll either be at the sober heathen or just the sober heathen. So uh, go ahead and shoot me an email if you want to get on the podcast. It's the sober heathen at yahoo.com or Scott at the sober heathen.com. Awesome. I will throw all that in the show notes. So it'll be nice and easy for people to find you and got any, any parting things before zoom kicks us off here. No, man. Thanks a lot for doing this, dude. It's, it's going to help people. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for being here and I'll, uh, I'll see you on Twitter. All right, buddy. Take care. You too. Bye. Thanks again, Scott, for the great interview. And you can find him over on Twitter at the sober heathen. And I'm going to put all of his info in the show notes as far as contact information and his website. You can find me over on Twitter at SoberDadPod. And you can send me an email at SoberDadPodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, want to get on the show, shout outs for anybody, pretty much anything you want. If you like this show, can you please share the show? That's all I, that's all I ask. I don't care about uh, ratings and reviews and all that stuff turns out they don't actually matter yeah true story they use uh shares and plays and follow like if you listen to the whole show for the show to actually be ranked in the ranked in the algorithm so just share the show that would be uh awesome so thank you and with that i'm john skillman and remember raise your kids not glasses (laughs) 